This is a podcast by the Business Times, presented by Citibank. As digitalization continues its integration into the banking sector and financial services, the wealth management space is also benefiting from technology. Even though wealth management largely remains a high-touch area, banks recognize that when millions of dollars are involved, people still prefer to talk to someone. Citibank Singapore believes it has a head start, having embarked on the digital journey long before the pandemic sparked a massive mindset and behavioral shift. Throughout the years, the bank continued to expand on its digital roadmap, enhancing features on its mobile app and building proprietary tools to help customers shape their wealth plans. For more insights, we speak to Brendan Carney, CEO, Citibank Singapore. Welcome to the Business Times Future of Finance podcast. Brendan, it's a pleasure to have you join us. Welcome to the episode. Let's start with what's lacking in the banking sector's digital transformation journey and what more needs to be done. I think it's important to say what the banks have done well in terms of digital transformation before we talk about what's lacking. Because when we look at the big picture, that journey we've been on as a banking industry is quite remarkable. If you look at our experience in City Singapore, over 80% of our customers are interacting via the app every single day. 100,000 customers every single day in our app. And that's an unprecedented level of convenience, of service, of the ability to really conduct banking wherever you are, wherever you happen to be, without having to go to a branch. And I think we take a lot of that for granted right now. I remember the days when to do anything, you had to go to a branch. It was very inconvenient. The branches were open from nine to three, very difficult, long queues, had to fill out a paper form. All of that is gone now for the vast majority of our customers. I think that's something that we take for granted in this context. That being said, I do think that we as an industry, as a financial services industry, we do need to do some things better. The one thing I would say would be around security. We've had some pretty high profile issues around fraud here in Singapore. And I think we're coming to grips with the fact that the flip side of convenience and that frictionless ability to transact does make our customers more susceptible to fraud. You know, if we really wanted to be completely secure as a banking industry, we would take all of our money, put it in the safe, bury the safe in concrete, put the safe at the bottom of the ocean. So very, very secure, but not very accessible. And that access that we allow, it does create opportunities for customers to be defrauded by scammers. So I think finding that balance so, so that we can provide that convenience and that access to financial services, while at the same time nudging customers, giving them the protection that they need to avoid those situations, is something that we, that we have to focus on. Brendan, with an increased exposure to the digital domain, customers are expecting a lot. How can that sweet spot between speed and personalization be achieved? What's worked so far in this regard? City has been working with the industry, with ABS, the anti-scam task force to really increase the level of security that we have, the protections that we have for customers. But what we see again and again is no matter how much physical, technical security that we have, when a customer is convinced to do something on their own, there's not much we can do to protect them. So when a customer gives away their password, their one-time password, when they log into a spoof site, it's very difficult for us to protect them. So we're really trying to educate customers about safe behavior, security hygiene, and also provide some nudges to customers to sort of shake them out of their complacency. For example, in City, 
when you add a new payee to your app. That's probably one of the most dangerous things that a customer can do. We actually ask the question, we have a little pop-up that says, are you sure you know this person? And, you know, there's a typically in fraud, somebody's going to convince you to try to transfer money and claim to be from law enforcement. So we, we really try to nudge customers and say, please make sure you know this payee before you transfer any money to them. And we have a lot of sophisticated fraud algorithms going on in the background where we try to monitor transaction behavior and say, hey, this looks funny to us. And so we'll actually call customers in certain circumstances under certain uh, parameters and say, hey, are you sure you want to make this transaction? Because we see uh, a number of things that look strange. You just added this payee. You're transferring a lot of money to this payee. And we just want you to know that there is fraud out there. Most of the time, we're able to avoid that. We have, have had sad cases where we've talked to the customer, said, look, do you know this payee? And they've gone ahead and done the transaction. They say, no, I, I want to do this. This is my cousin in, in Hong Kong. And then only later do they realize that they've gotten, they've gotten scammed. So I think it's a constant battle and making sure that we provide the right protections and the right mindset and the right education to customers as we get more and more digital is key for us. The other thing I would say is these scams are not new. When it was phone, we would have phone scams. People would call you and try to convince you to make transfer. There were mail scams. People would send you money claiming to be a prince from Nigeria and I need you to send me some money. So these scams are really age-old scams that have just migrated to the new technology. And it's not something we take lightly, but it is something that we focus on every single day trying to make our customers more and more safe. So, where might that sweet spot between speed and personalization be? And how can it be achieved? Mm. It is a trade-off. So that convenience and frictionless ability to transact versus security, that's a trade-off we have to monitor every single day. What we try to do is make sure that customers have all the tools that they need to manage their accounts securely, but it does put some onus on them to behave in a way that is not high risk. So you know, going to sites that they don't know, transferring money to, to payees that they don't know based on a phone call from somebody claiming to be from Interpol or the Ministry of Health. These are scams that are ongoing. So I think customer vigilance is key. We actually look at a number of scenarios. So like when you add a new payee, we could say, okay, you can't transact with that payee for two days, three days, but that's a customer inconvenience. And when we actually put in controls like that, customers complain, say, look, I, I know this payee and I want to make this transfer and this is a valid transfer. And 99.9% .9 of the time, those are valid transfers. And so figuring out a way to protect that really small number of customers that would potentially engage in high-risk behavior and not really be as cautious as we'd like them to be versus, you know, the 99.9% .9 of customers who really are using the service effectively, that's a trade-off that we have to monitor. So I think we're doing a, a relatively good job as an industry, uh, but there's still always ways to fine-tune and improve as we go forward. Something that's been on everyone's minds is the impending global recession. Everyone pulls back when that happens. What if digital transformation and updating security systems stalls? Do you see that happening? There's a misconception in the general public, in the media, that banks are driving digital transformation. All we're doing as banks is recognizing what customers are demanding from us. So when you look at how life has become digitized in every other area, music, your own personal life, email, texting, WhatsApp, we're just trying to keep up in banking. So if we didn't offer services on our mobile banking platform, our customers would, would leave us. They expect to have banking in their pocket, convenient, easy, secure. 
So in some ways, you know, we're not actually launching our apps and improving the service and adding new features to entice customers to come. We're actually recognizing that they're already there and giving them what they're demanding. So I, I don't think that even with a global recession, I don't think this transformation will slow down. It's just how customers want to bank today. I think it's important for us as a financial industry to recognize that this is where customers are expecting. You know, for some customers, they expect to be fully served by an app. They never want to go into a branch. They never want to talk to anyone on the phone. We have other customers where it's more of a hybrid approach. So, you know, you do your day-to-day banking on the, on the app, but then when you want to invest a million dollars, half a million dollars, that's a very high-stakes discussion and a very high-stakes decision where we see customers wanting to talk to a banker or to a team of experts. And so for us, it's a really a hybrid approach for those wealth management customers. They too expect seamless, flawless, secure service on the app for their day-to-day banking, but for the, for the bigger investment decisions, they, they definitely want to talk to a team. So I think for us as an industry, it's important to continue to provide the services that customers are demanding, and also to a certain extent to avoid what I call cool tech. There's a tendency or a temptation to launch things that seem cool and something that maybe your product managers or your technology, oh, we should do this. But true innovation solves a customer pain point. So what we see a lot of times is some of this tech it's really a solution in search of a problem. It's just an added feature that doesn't resolve anything that customers were actually a- asking for. One of the examples I, I use a lot is there was a there was a phase in the U.S. and some other markets where one of the big features was, well, you can link your bank account to Facebook, and, which is no customer was asking for, but it seemed like it seemed like a good idea at the time. It, it quickly died, but it was something that customers weren't asking for, and I think some of the banks got ahead of themselves. Oh, we we should do this because we can. But the real question is, should you? So technology investments are, you know, we have limited budgets. It is a recession coming. So I think it's really important for us to make sure that the money we do invest in solutions are actually solving problems and demands from customers that we have today. Up ahead, we find out more about Citibank Singapore's views on providing the right solutions for the right time in their digitalization journey. This episode of Future of Finance is presented by Citibank. And now, back to the podcast. We are speaking with Brendan Carney, CEO, Citibank Singapore. We're discussing the wealth management space and how it's also benefiting from technology. Brandon, recessions are cyclical. They start and they end. What is being done to ensure growth readiness when the global economy does recover? For us at Citi, it's all about, this may seem a strange answer, but it's all about empathy. I'll give an example that from the COVID pandemic, we are going into a recession. We just came out of one of the most trying times in the history of our industry in terms of COVID. Customers couldn't travel, restaurants were closed or limited, yet we had quarantines, we had, you know, we had partial lockdowns, we had safe distancing measures. So we saw, you know, massive dislocation in terms of credit card spending and customers' ability to really engage and spend. During the COVID period, we continued to invest in improving our credit card products. We were acquiring record numbers of customers. We were increasing their credit lines, knowing that when things did bounce back, our customers were going to have pent-up demand to spend. 
and they would be looking to travel. They would be looking to eat out more. So we wanted them to have the right products uh, with the right credit lines in their hands, ready to go when that did happen. And that's what we're seeing right now. So, you know, we during a very difficult period in COVID when spending really across the industry bottomed out, we were planting seeds for a, a strong recovery. And right now what we're seeing is that our spending this year is far ahead of where we were in 2019, which was the last pre-COVID year that we have on record. So we're about 30, 40 percent above where we were in 2019 because we planted the right seeds. We continued to engage with our customers and made sure that they were ready when things did bounce back. I think on the wealth management side, it's a very similar discussion. We continue to acquire customers. We continue to engage with them, talk to them about their portfolios. For customers that are not invested in the market right now, we're continuing to engage with them to discuss like when is a good time to enter the market because you know with the markets depressed the way they are, it is actually a relatively good entry point. Balancing that with the high interest rates that you can make on time deposits, figuring out what's the best for you and your family, that's that's a discussion that we're having on an ongoing basis. We can't be a fair weather bank. So when things are bad, when markets are down, we just sort of disappear and don't engage with our customers. We have to be there for our customers, particularly in these trying times, so that we can advise them. And so we're continuing to bring on new customers. We're continuing to engage with them in the right discussions. And we think that we are laying the groundwork for our customers to have a strong rebound when markets do come back. So what does the future of seamless customer experience look like for financial services to you? I think one of the biggest opportunities that we have is to leverage the engagement that we're seeing in our digital infrastructure and use that to really customize the experience for each individual customer. So we call it a segment of one, which we will rapidly have the ability to do. So I mentioned earlier that we have about 100,000 customers visiting us in our app every single day. The more that we can customize that journey for each individual customer and show them the products and services and solutions that are the most relevant to them, So that when they come into our app, they're not just coming in to do a transaction. They're seeing a holistic view of their account, their portfolio, the payees that they use the most often, the payments that they make regularly, like rent. And we could prompt them and say, hey, it looks like your rent is due. Click here to pay it. Those kind of things so that when customers come in, I'm not even talking artificial intelligence. I'm just talking intelligence, looking at customers, what they need, what they've done with us, and being able to show them the right thing at the right time in a way that is compelling for them. I think that is one of the biggest opportunities that we have in banking. It's almost as if the physical analog, if you walked into a branch and that branch completely changed every time you walked in because you know, you're not a mortgage customer, but maybe you're in the market for a mortgage. And so you walk into the branch and suddenly there's a mortgage desk sitting right in front of you saying, hey, would you like a mortgage? Can we talk to you about that? That's what we're able to do in the app is really change things so that we're showing the customer the most relevant solutions and the most relevant options every single time they come in. And we're just scratching the surface on that. And I think that's one of the biggest opportunities that we have in financial services is really customizing those journeys so that customers feel like they're getting great service every single time they come in. And it's less about pushing sales and more just about providing the right solution at the right time. What are your thoughts about the future of wealth management for the industry? I think the future of wealth management and the present of wealth management are largely digital, although we believe in a hybrid model. So even our high-end private banking customers in Singapore, they expect flawless service on the app for their day-to-day banking. They want to be able to see their accounts. They want to be able to understand what's happening. They want to easily move money around, uh, see their balances, make payments, transfer money. 
that's table stakes. And on top of that, we need to have a team of experts that's ready to engage with them to provide them advice on portfolio composition, FX, fixed income, purchasing property, buying a house. Those are the kind of things where we think that customers are going to expect and continue to expect in the wealth management space to be able to talk to somebody. In City Singapore, we're not aspiring to be a digital-only bank. That being said, we recognize that for the vast majority of our customers on a day-to-day basis, we have to be a flawlessly executing digital bank. Customers expect today to be able to do all their day-to-day banking on an app in a convenient and secure way. But from a wealth management perspective, when a customer is making a big investment decision, when they're looking to reallocate their portfolio, when they have money, half a million dollars, a million dollars, $5 million that they want to invest, that's something where customers will want to talk to a team and get some advice. So we have RMs, we have FX specialists, we have portfolio counselors, we have fixed income specialists, we have mortgage specialists, insurance specialists that can all come together and work with our customers to make those big decisions. So I would say our vision of the future of banking is really a hybrid model where the day-to-day banking is done on the app in a flawless manner. And for many customers, that'll be all they need. But for our wealth management customers that have more complex financial needs, we have teams of advisors and experts ready to adv- ready to engage with them when they need it. And that's not a day-to-day thing. That's usually you know once a quarter, twice a year. And those teams stand ready to, uh, to help our customers make those big decisions. We've been speaking with Brendan Carney, CEO, Citibank Singapore on the future of finance. On behalf of the Business Times podcast team, thank you for joining us. We look forward to sharing more information with you about digitalization and transformation in the financial sector in the Business Times Future of Finance podcast. Look out for our next episode on Thursday, January 19th. This episode of Future of Finance podcast was presented by Citibank. The Future of Finance podcast series is powered by audio augmentation technology. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.